Here we go. Here we go, Bob. We made it to the end of the week. We're coming to you on a football Friday. Now, a lot of people have requested that we talk about Ben Simmons. I say no to that. Who cares about this guy? I'm done with him. Do you have any thoughts, Bob? Do you, do you want to give the people anything on this guy? No, I refuse, I refuse to even waste my breath on the player. You know, they used to call him Baby Brown, Baby Ben. I do just want to give maybe a 30-second voiceover to the folks who have enabled this guy to do what he's doing, and it's the processors, it's the Wentz worshipers, it's the BCI beers, these guys who are fans. Wait, can we, can we clarify? What, who are the BCI beers? I don't know if everybody will be familiar with, with that term. The BCI beers are these fans that exist. They likely didn't play sports in high school or college. They think every guy who's ever come through Philly is the greatest thing since sliced bread. BCIB stands for best catcher in baseball. And when the team was at an impasse in negotiating a long-term contract with JT Real Muto, these BCIBers, as I call them, they tweet, they post, they cry. He's the BCIB! We need this guy. Why don't we spend some money? The BCI, if you do a Venn diagram of BCI beers, Wentz worshipers, and processors, it's the same circle. It's not even a diagram. These are people that are conditioned to be losers in life, okay? I'm a results guy. I'm here to see players that are results-driven, that want to win. I'm not here to see big babies. I'm not here to see guys that want to pump their tractors, guys that want to pump their new car and their new girlfriend. Give me a guy that's a dog. Just give me a guy that's going to win some games, right? That's all we're looking for here in Philly. But in this day and age, it's it's a lot more than that for these guys. And I understand getting the bag and whatnot, but we, we give way too much love to these these mediocre guys. And I'm not saying JT's mediocre or anything, but yeah, Rick, Real Mute, it's, it's a little unfair to lump him in. It's, it's simply, the reason I say it is it's the mindset of the fan. And uh, Shander, Aton Shander wrote an article today on Philly Voice. If you haven't read it, I suggest you go read it. Uh, no free plugs, but here's a free plug. He wrote an article and said, you don't have to apologize as a Philadelphia fan for supporting the Markel Fultzes of the world, the Ben Simmons of the world, the Carson Wentz of the world. And I, I wholeheartedly disagree. There's a faction of these fans who believe that losing on purpose in the hopes of eventually winning is great for the game, great for our franchise. They're more concerned with the process than results. These folks should be tarred and feathered. They should be brought into uh, the town square uh, in Philadelphia. And they should be made, they should be held accountable for how they have babied these players in this town, how they have totally refused to hold them accountable. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. It is, it is the fans' fault. I agree wholeheartedly. And I feel like the, the majority of folks are just turning on Ben Simmons now with the report that he, he won't come to camp. Like you didn't have to, you didn't have to wait 
this long to know, but that's that's the city of brotherly love, as uh, as somebody I know likes to say. Philly fans are sometimes the dumbest in the world, but that's all I got there. And uh, thank you, thank you for that, Bob. You're welcome. We appreciate it. That's what that's what the people need. But we are here today on a football Friday to bring you another week of Fade the Shade. It is week four in college football and week three in the NFL. It's Dallas week, baby! And it's Dallas week. Huge game on Monday night. We'll save the best for last. Um, but we'll start with college football. We got four games on the slate. And despite what pundits and sports writers, writers will tell you, uh, the board's not great this week, but that doesn't stop anybody from throwing some cash out there on Saturday. Uh, so let's get to it. Uh, 12 o'clock Saturday, big noon, Fox. We got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Wisconsin Badgers squaring off at Soldier Field in Chicago. Uh, at the moment, Wisconsin is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Kind of an interesting line with with no home field advantage here. Bob, what do you got? Well, first, what's the number? Give the people the number. I thought I gave it six and a half. Wisconsin, Wisconsin minus six and a half. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a uh, a big game. Um, You know, Wisconsin with uh, you know with the loss to Penn State, Notre Dame has kind of skated through their schedule so far, really, really poorly. Um, But this is a this is a revenge game. Okay, we got a quarterback. With the golden dome on his head, the golden helmet, the former signal caller for the Badgers, Jack Cohn, passed for over 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns in his 22 games at Wisconsin. And this guy is now suiting up for the Fighting Irish. I like Notre Dame. Outright. Outright. Completely disagree. I know the revenge game is a factor for a lot of folks, a lot of players, uh, both in college, the transfer and the pros that go to different teams and then end up playing, playing that old team somewhere. But Jack Cohn, not that impressive. I mean, neither of these teams are that impressive thus far, but Wisconsin's off a bye. Uh, They had the loss to Penn State, uh, had a solid win over, uh, I believe, Eastern Michigan. Really not much of a test there, but Notre Dame got back on track against Purdue last week, I believe with a cover, and really had to uh, squeak it out against two terrible teams in week one and two. Uh, Their offensive line is banged up and not performing very well. Uh, The Wisconsin run game is, is strong. I don't see Notre Dame being on the field very much in this game. Uh, between the offensive line woes and and the strong run game of the Badgers. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I will take Wisconsin to cover the six and a half. Nothing more there, Bob. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, on to the next game. 3.30 CBS. Uh, We got our marquee SEC matchup of the week. Uh, The Aggies of Texas A&M and the Razorbacks of Arkansas will square off in Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, another neutral site game. We talked last week how 
We don't really love these for college football. It takes away uh, a little bit from the the campus atmosphere and and you know each each school zone kind of thing there. But they're playing at AT and T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. A uh, and M is a four and a half point favorite right now. Bob, I'll send it over to you to give your pick. What do you think of this line? I mean, neutral site game, four and a half. Your thoughts? Well, actually, I, I do want to go back to the last game real quick now that you say that, um, because in a neutral site game, Wisconsin's laying almost a touchdown. So if they were the home team, they'd be laying nine and a half for 10 points. Uh, that's another factor in my call on Wisco. That's just a fat line for two teams that have kind of struggled uh, and lo- both looked pretty, pretty bad. I mean, a 10-point line there. Uh, if Wisconsin was the home team, that's that's another factor for me going Wisconsin. Um, but for this game, I'm not really sure what to make of it. Obviously, you factor in three points for for home field, so uh, clearly clearly Vegas sees uh, somewhat of an advantage for for the Aggies, uh, despite having uh, their backup quarterback playing. So I'm not really sure what to make of it, and I guess I'll just give my pick. I'm on Arkansas. Uh, like I said, Texas A&M, they're playing this kid Calzada at quarterback now uh, with their starter going down for some period of, of time. And he's looked shaky. Uh, he got it done against Colorado, uh, threw another pick last week. Um, but Arkansas started the season strong. They're averaging 41 points a game. Uh, I believe they're, they're getting off the field on third down on defense, uh, not letting the opponent convert too much. And they do have a solid run D, uh, so you would look for for A and M to lean on the run game uh, with the backup quarterback in there. Um, but but I think if Arkansas can can game plan well here, they'll they'll try to make Calzada beat them with his arm, and I don't think that'll bode well for the Aggies. So I'm going to take Arkansas plus four and a half. That's my official pick. But I'm looking I'm looking at the money line. Might have an uh, Razorbacks outright. But we're going four and a half. Yeah, I, I totally disagree. Um, Aggies have won the last nine meetings against Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas was actually the first SEC win for Texas A&M. So total and utter domination since joining the conference against this team. In fact, the head coach of Arkansas, in spite of the fact that uh, the game is being played at Jerry World, right, the stadium, of uh, a former Arkansas football player, he was complaining that it's a neutral site game. He wanted to get them at home because they had to play at Kyle Field last year due to the pandemic. And the fact that he is already complaining leads me to believe that they're in they're in a lot of trouble. I'm taking the Aggies. I'm laying the points. The defense is suffocating. They uh, they shut out. I think it was New Mexico holding them to about 120 yards. So. I like the Aggies. I think the quarterback will be just fine. I think they cover easily. There you have it. Yeah, that was the one one factor I considered uh, when, when making this pick is that that the Aggies' defense is extremely strong. Um, like I said, Arkansas has put up some points. So, so something's got to give here. It should be a great game. Uh, we'll move to another game at 3.30 in the Big Ten uh, on ABC. Bombs. Uh, win total over selection. Rutgers Scarlet Knights go to the big house to take on the Wolverines in Michigan. Uh, Michigan is laying 20 and a half right now. And, Bob, 
What do you got here? Are you gonna go? You gonna go outright on me for this win total, or or what do you got? So let, let's just peel the peel back the the curtain here. I didn't look at any of the lines this week. Okay, I, I have no clue. You're reading them. I'm picking them. Twenty and a half points, Michigan. It's a lot of points. A lot of points. I don't know what the total is. I don't have it in front of me off the top of my head, but I can't imagine it's too high with these two teams. Um, so whenever whenever you got a low total, you always look to the dog. Um, so I assume that's where you're looking. I don't even know the total. I don't need to know the total. Here's all you need to do. Go on your sportsbook app, close your eyes, say to yourself, are you rah, rah, and take the Scarlet Knights. It's going to be a 60-minute chop in the big house. Take the points and make some cash. I'm with you on this one. I think uh, I think 20 and a half is a ton. I think Rutgers, uh, despite not being on the the uh, regular season, over with you. I think Rutgers is is an improved team and, and a program that's ma- making some some positive strides under Shiano and clearly an experienced coach there. Uh, between college and the pros and you look at Michigan they've been pretty one-dimensional so far this year they haven't really played anybody they're going to look to pound the rock and if Shiano again can formulate a game plan stack the box to to slow down that run uh, then Michigan might struggle to move the ball and and, and blow them out so I'm with you I'm on Rutgers Uh, give me all the points I love the points and last but not least, uh, at least for college, here we got we got our 7:30 AB, ABC primetime game. Uh, the Mountaineers off a huge win last week uh, against a ranked Virginia Tech Hokie squad go to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, who've been a bit underwhelming so far this year, uh, despite the high preseason ranking. Oklahoma is favored by 17 at the moment. And we'll go to Bomb for his pick on this game. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, West Virginia kind of shot their shot last week. They got a win over a ranked Hokie team, like you mentioned. Um, I'm laying the points. I think Oklahoma gets on track here. Uh, they have to, right? They have no other choice. So this is the week where you start to see Oklahoma turn it on. And everyone will get all amped up and say, oh, boy, here we go. Spencer Rattler, Lincoln Riley, this team looks good. And then they'll get blown the hell out if they make the playoff. But it's not going to happen this week. They cover. Well, I'll be fired up if they cover because I got that that future on them to, to win the natty. But I can't do it yet. This might be kind of a hedge on on my, my national championship bet uh, or, you know, my, my personal preference or feeling. But. Oklahoma has looked extremely shaky to start the year. Um, struggled to to beat Nebraska last week, who's a middle of the road or even close to a bottom dweller in the Big Ten. Um, so I'm I'm going with the Mountaineers until Oklahoma shows me that that they're on track and lighten up the scoreboard like they usually do. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the 17 this week with West Virginia. Breaking news, not a game that we're covering. Ohio State making a change of QB. Are they? Your thoughts. Who are they going to? Are they going to McCord? Looks like it's going to be some split of McCord and Jack Miller. 
Um, I don't know if it's a shoulder issue for Stroud or the fact that he can't hit a guy that's wide open in stride, but it appears Ryan Day is shaking it up. Your thoughts, immediate reaction as a as a Penn State honk. That's that that reeks of panic in Columbus for me. And as a Penn State fan, you gotta love that. You have to absolutely love it. Um, usually Ohio State is just continuing to put one foot in front of the other, beating the doors off everybody, and the the trip to Columbus is an inevitable L for the Nits. Um, so so super interesting. I feel like we haven't seen anything like that in, in Columbus in years. Um, but but excited to see McCord play, local guy, prep guy. You got to be proud of that bomb, and we'll see what transpires. Um, but. Wow, you never, you never see uh, these kinds of moves from the Buckeyes this this early in the season between switching the guy who's calling the plays on defense and now now going to a two QB system that doesn't even involve the week one starter. It's uh, it's honestly unbelievable. So, by the way, wouldn't this just be the perfect like you know storm for everyone at the end of the season? You know, if uh, if Ohio State's on the outside looking in, in terms of the playoff, and uh, you know, and they have a different signal caller playing, and they're playing well at the end of the year, I mean, everyone will say, "Well, this is a different team than the one that lost to Oregon." That's a good point. That's uh, that's something you'll hear on uh, a Wednesday night when Herb Street and all those guys are on TV spewing off the the, the top four in November and they'll say, well, look, this is a different team. They, they made the quarterback change and they've put up 600 yards of offense a game since just, just an interesting development. I, I see what you're saying there, but um, you, like I said, you never see this kind of panic move in, in Columbus. So something ain't right there. And I got nothing wrong with it. Um, I mean, you, you always want to beat the best to be the best, but if it ain't their year, we'll we'll knock the door down. Hopefully, can't can't count on them, but we'll do our best. Should we move to NFL? Let's move to the big boys. Let's move to the big boys. We got five games for the NFL week three. Uh, been been an interesting couple of weeks to start the year. Um, so we will start. Uh, in Foxborough, the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston make the trek up north to take on Belichick's New England Patriots at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, the Pats are a three-point favorite. Bob, what do you got? Close your eyes. Take the Pats. Jameis playing at New England. That's going to be turnover city. That simple. Yeah, I agree. I, I look at uh, this game and I look at the Saints and it's a completely different team specifically on offense with Jameis and kind of the lack of weapons at receiver really the only guy they got left uh, from from all their big runs is Alvin Kamara and you know how Belichick operates what does he do um, he always takes away your top option and and makes you beat him somewhere else so he's he's going to scheme to to take away Kamara make Jameis Winston beat him, and the Patriots' defense has really shown out the first two weeks of the season. Uh, so I think 
I think, like you said, this is this is pretty easy. Um, take the Pats, forget about it, and move on to the next one o'clock game, uh, which features the Indianapolis Colts, who may or may not be without the services of Carson Wentz, uh, and they're going to Tennessee to take on the Titans off a big overtime win against Seattle. Uh, Titans are currently a five-point favorite. Games at one o'clock on CBS. I will send it over to you. I don't want to get fancy with this pick. If there's a way to, so you know how in baseball you gamble on baseball and the, the bet cancels if the starting pitcher doesn't start. You can you can set it up so it's dynamically adjustable, and you don't get screwed by a late scratch where a guy pulls an oblique in a bullpen. That's what we need. Do they have that in football? I need that, like Sunday. You need an if. If Jacob Eason is the starter for the Colts, the bet is valid. But if not, it's it's not. It's, it's, I think that's what I'm hearing. That's exactly what you're hearing. And it'll be a game-time decision. The listeners, what you need to do is just wait until Sunday morning. If Wentz plays, play the points with the Titans. If it's Easton and Hundley, take the Colts because a, a change of quarterback is going to totally ignite that offense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm making my selection on the the assumption that Wentz is not going to play. I mean, the guy's softer than baby shit. So, so what more could you expect? Uh, I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the points. Division game. Uh, no matter what the circumstances are, they're usually pretty tight and. The Titans' defense uh, might be just what the Indianapolis offense needs right now to go up against. Uh, they're they're not great against the run. I'm looking for Jonathan Taylor to get on track this week. Um, but again, divisional game, five points, kind of a lot. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts uh, regardless right now and just put it on the record. So we'll move into America's game of the week. I believe it should be. Uh, on Fox, probably get Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Always a treat, 425. The defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, go to Los Angeles. Tom Brady going to Los Angeles for the first time in his career to take on Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Line is currently Tampa Bay, minus one and a half. Uh, very, very tight line here. And to be honest, I don't have a selection on my notes for this game right now. So I'm going to send it to bomb, see if he can convince me one way or the other, but I'm going to make this pick live. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. You said it's one and a half? One and a half uh, for the Bucks. So the Bucks are laying one and a half. Correct. That's a weird line, man. It's at, it's at LA. It's, uh, it's on that turf. That, that field looks weird, doesn't it? Right. You spent like billions of dollars. It doesn't, the stadium looks sick. The turf looks odd. SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium. Yeah. SoFi Stadium. It looks cool, but yeah, it looks definitely looks different for sure. You know, Brady, I think he's been rejuvenated in Tampa. Um, I have concerns about someone at his age flying across the country. I'm taking the Rams. I am taking them outright. Going Rams outright solely on the fact that a 45-year-old man might might feel a little lag from a from a time zone change and a and a and a flight across the country. 
Yeah, and it's one of the reasons you're not golfing this weekend, right? Just, uh, you know, you, your back stiffens up, you feel a little old, you can't swing the club. It's the same way for a quarterback, right? Except the time zones, that whole thing. You know, I think maybe Giselle goes out there and, you know, Tom and Giselle go out on the town and check out L.A., the City of Angels. Oh, we've never been here before. How great for the family to come. L.A., outright. So it's not strictly a business trip for Tom Brady this weekend is what you're saying. That's um, exactly right. I don't know if I would ever believe that uh, in my right mind, but <laughs> I just I just look at the line and just it just tells me it's a toss-up. Um, I think Daryl Henderson is, is very questionable uh, running back for the Rams. He's got a – he's banged up in the rib, rib area. I don't think it matters because the Bucs are one of the best teams, if not the best defense against the run in the NFL. Um, so you would think that would factor in a little bit to this line, uh, given that Sonny Michelle is the backup and has got a lot of work there. Um, but the line's still short, and I'm going to ride with you, Bomb. I think – I don't know about it outright. I mean, I guess with the line being what it is, got to go outright. But I'll take the one and a half with the Rams – I just think it's hard for for any team to go 16 and 0 or this year 17 and 0. Um, it's always a bump in the road. So I think the Rams will get off for this game. I think it'll be a great game. Not sure what to expect because it's two obviously really efficient and high flying offenses and um, also two really strong defenses. So be interesting to see how it shakes out. Whether it's kind of a shootout or you know it's a little bit of a defensive stalemate. Not sure. Um, but I'm just going to pick the Rams short line. You never know. Everybody is always, always on Tom Brady. So we're, we're, we're going to go opposite of that this week and, and take the Rams. And we'll move to Sunday night football. Uh, we saw a thriller on NBC last Sunday night between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Uh, we knew how that sh- shook out went over that uh, in episode eight. Uh, but this week, we got another matchup between two premier teams in the NFC. Uh, Green Bay Packers back on track, blowout win against the Lions on Monday night. Take on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and we saw what they did last week against the Eagles. 49ers are a three-point favorite right now. I believe the, the line for that opened at four, so it's down to three. Bon, what do you got? Taking the Packers and the points, I think uh, even after the after the win by the Packers against the uh, the Lions, you know Rodgers was still kind of fuming about some of the commentary about his dedication and and uh, you know how he played in the opener. I think he's got uh, a vendetta. I think he's uh, out for blood, particularly against his uh, you know hometown NorCal team. And also, I think there was a rumor that Shanahan somehow wanted Rodgers to be his quarterback, I don't know, at the end of this year, in the future, in the past. Seems a little odd for it to come out ahead of this game. I'm taking the Packers and the points. I'm with you again. Uh, I'm, I'm on Green Bay. I'll take the points. Wouldn't be shocked if they won the game. You look at them getting back on track on Monday night. Obviously, the Lions... The Lions aren't great, but I also don't think the Lions are as bad as, as people were making them out to be this year. 
Um, they were competitive in the first half against the Packers. Um, made it close against the Rams. They played two really good teams to start the year, so I, I'd keep an eye on them. And as far as the 49ers go, we saw them at the link last week, and they should have been beaten by the Eagles uh, if it wasn't for some mismanagement by, by Sirianni. Um, but you got to go pack. You know, they got embarrassed week one. They got on track, and people will say, oh, well, they play the Lions. Well, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is, is still a, a premier quarterback in this league, and he's going to show why on Sunday night. Uh, so I'm going Green Bay plus the three. And again, look look for them to maybe maybe win this game. Um, we'll round it out for this week's fade the shade picks. Eight uh, fifteen on Monday night, Monday night football, ESPN, ABC. You go to ESPN two and get the the Peyton and Eli if you'd like. Our beloved Philadelphia Eagles down to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Line sitting at Cowboys minus three and a half. Bomb. Everybody shit on me last week for going San Fran. Where are you going here? We're, we're, we are allowed to pick against the Eagles, right? We're, we're, we're trying to help the people here. Got to be got to be somewhat honest. What do you got for me here? Well, here we are. Uh, this is coming into your earbuds, coming into your speaker, coming into your brain on Friday. Yesterday, uh, I believe it was Nick Sirianni wearing the T-shirt at the press conference with the two helmets. I love the two helmets. That's just such a good, a good graphic. The old Monday night, the helmets smashing together. And he's got the helmets on the shirt, and it just says, Beat Dallas. And he's talking about how it's like a college rivalry, one of the few in pro sports in that, in that way. He's talking about how his wife has one of these shirts. He's talking about how his kids wear these shirts. This guy is so bought in. He's really just trying to become a Philadelphia guy. And it's all in vain. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm laying the points. I think this gets totally out of hand. Uh, I think they could lose by 20 on Monday night. Jerry is out for blood. He's got the Razorbacks coming in on Saturday. He's got them playing the Yaggies. He's got the Cowboys and the Eagles on, on Monday night. It's going to be a hell of a weekend for Jerry if he's able to get the Razorbacks a W and the Cowboys a W. So for that reason, I'm taking the Cowboys. I think Sirianni's worried a little too much about how he comes off in the media with the shirts and this and that and kind of pandering to the Philadelphia fans after the first press conference that he had when he was introduced. And I just think they get totally blown out on Monday night. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Um, especially a week after I picked San Francisco to beat the Eagles and cover that spread. And you you, you came out here and raised hell and called it a horseshit pick. <laughs> I'm not going to call it a horseshit pick, uh, but I'm on the other side this week. Wow! Um, we, we're going to find out a lot about the Eagles on Monday night. Uh, no Brandon Graham, no Brandon Brooks. Uh, I think Dickerson is taking the Brandon Brooks spot at right guard. Um, so it's so a big opportunity for him. Um, but I look at Dallas, and again, I've said this before, they put up a great fight against Tampa Bay on that opening Thursday night game. They, they put up a lot of points on that defense. 
pretty admirable stuff. Scary stuff if you're if you're Gannon and, and trying to game plan for this offense. But you got to look at week two. I look at week two. Dallas ran the ball really well. Uh, Zeke had a solid game. Tony Pollard had a really nice game. Um, so they ran the the ball well. Um, but did it open up the pass? It, do, it doesn't look that way. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watched the film or, or watched the entire game. But Dallas killed it on the ground, and they only put up 20 points in the game. Um, so. That leads me to believe that that there's a there's an opportunity here for the Eagles defense to to come together and kind of shut them down a little bit. And I think Dallas's defense is trash. I think it stinks. Um, I think Devontae Smith will, will will get back out there and have a much better performance than he did in week two. I think there's there's a lot of opportunities for the Eagles offense to to have success here. Um so I don't know about an outright, but a three and a half in a divisional game, I'm going to take it. And I'm looking for a really good Monday night game down to the wire, as as Eagles-Cowboys usually are. I'm taking the Eagles plus a three and a half. I don't know how you could say that Cowboys defense is trash. I mean, they had a clear upgrade drafting your boy, Penn State. I mean, does Penn State not produce defensive players? I don't quite understand that comment. I mean, one guy doesn't fix a defense, does it? I mean, did they get blown like, out by the Bucks? I mean, they held the, the Chargers are pretty darn good. They held them to what, seventeen? They did, but the Chargers also barely squeaked out a win against Washington in Week One. So, I mean, we could go back and forth on this all day. And you were on the Skins, so that's what I'm a little. They were cut. You said they were coming east, and the Chargers are coming east, and it's a week to week league. The NFL is a week-to-week league, and I, I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of faith in the squad. And I believe in Jalen Hurts. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week after a not-so-great performance uh, against San Francisco that he's not our franchise quarterback, he's not the answer, and so on and so forth. But I'll tell you what, has anybody ever looked better in an Eagles uniform than Jalen Hurts? Like the guy is swagged out out there, or is that just me? I mean, I really like the way Javon Curse looked. I mean, I'm a defensive guy, you know. I think that guy looked like he was the freak. That was his name, the freak. He looked like a freak. Yeah, but Hurts does look good in the uniform. You know, you ever see the edit on Instagram? The him in the kind of updated Kelly greens. I mean, geez, talk about take my cash if they ever switch back to that jersey. Right. So. I don't know. I agree. I, you know, here's the thing, right? And I, I, I kid a little bit about this Sirianni stuff. My, you know, my thing is, you've already had massive injuries on the O line and D line with Brooks and Graham. You know, are are we really going to come out unscathed on Monday night? Or you know, could is Lane Johnson going to roll an ankle or so? You know, I hate to be the ankle whisperer, but that's my role here on this on this pod. I just have no faith in 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 the front the front seven for the Eagles on defense and the O-line to stay healthy. So that's really the, the reason for the pick. And I think, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Hopefully I'm wrong. But uh, in the very least, if, if I'm not wrong, let's make a little cash. If I'm wrong, you get a dub. So what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate me not being the only one to pick against the Eagles because there was some, some serious backlash last week. But, again, you got to call it how you see it. But I just I just see I just see a close close divisional game where uh, 
the Cowboys' defense is they're not world beaters. They're they're not elite. Uh, I think the Eagles will find find ways to move the ball, and I think that their defense will continue to 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 be stout. And again, not not top of the league stout, but enough to to keep them in the game and and have it come down to to maybe a field goal or or some sort of drive where the three and a half gets it done. So that's why I'm on the birds, but. As always, we'll root for for a big victory. You got anything else for us tonight, Bob? No, the only thing I ask is, as the host and the producer, can you send us out on the Monday Night Football theme? We're going to have to. We're absolutely going to have to. We'll bring it to you to send us out. Um, Hope everybody enjoys your football Friday, enjoys the weekend of football. Uh, Penn State's got Villanova this week. They haven't even released a line. Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully chalk up a, another W for the Nits as, as they move into more conference play. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll look forward to Monday night. And we'll be back next week, probably, probably Wednesday. Probably Wednesday. A little Tuesday record. Wednesday drop uh, to go over Monday Night Football. And... Uh, the entire week that transpired in, in college and in the NFL. So everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. 